Hello, welcome back to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh. This episode is a little bit late because I was sick, but better late than never. We're diving into the Empress card today on my Embodied Tarot series, where we take the energy of one of the major arcana cards and we dive into its themes and its imagery and its energy and what it stands for. This is great if you're learning tarot, but if you're not, it's equally as impactful because just by working with this energy and answering the journal questions at the end and starting to realize how these themes and this energy and this part of your life plays a role in yourself can really be expanding and it can really help to evolve and move forwards and grow and heal a little bit as well. We're healing through the tarot together. So, so far we've covered the fool, the magician, and the high priestess, and now we're going into the empress. If you haven't already listened to the other three, feel free to jump back. I do them every single month, but you don't have to start at the beginning. Maybe you're finding the empress today for a reason. Maybe this energy is exactly what you need to embody or discover. So without further ado, let's just jump straight into today's episode and talk all about the Empress. Welcome to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh, tarot reader, spiritual coach, past life regression practitioner, and your personal spiritual hype girl. I'm here to help you break down your walls and practice the radical vulnerability you need to get to know your soul at its very core. This podcast will give you the guidance to change your fear into power and take those first steps on your ultimate journey to soul transformation. So take a deep breath and let's get mystical. All right, so so far on the Fool's journey, which is the journey of all the major arcana cards, we have the Fool who is jumping onto a new adventure, who is going down a new path, who is innocent, maybe a bit naive, but excited for the new beginning that is set out in front of him. Then we move on to the Magician, who has all the tools, realizes they have everything they need, and who can start to create their own reality. The magician is all about getting clear on your manifestations, clear on where you want to go, clear on the bigger picture. And then you have the high priestess where you start to tap into the energy of it. You start to get intuitive. You start to listen to yourself. There's the dark feminine. There's intuition. There's the subconscious mind. And now today we step into the lighter side of the feminine, the healed feminine, the divine feminine rather than the dark, the empress. So before I really dive into it, I just want to give a quick disclaimer on feminine versus masculine energy. This is not saying that women are women and men are men and going against any sort of idea of transgendered people. I believe that feminine and masculine energy are within everybody. Sometimes people have a bit more feminine energy and other people have more masculine. And this has also nothing to do with sex and gender. This is just yin and yang, light and dark, feminine and masculine energy, and we hold it all within us. Some people like to say that we shouldn't call it feminine and masculine because feminine energy makes it seem like women are weak. But I think if that's what you believe, 
you don't understand the power of feminine. Feminine is the creatrix. She creates from nothing. Feminine energy is power. It's mysticism. It's spirituality. It's magnetism. Feminine energy is so deeply connected and powerful, and we all hold it within us. It's not just about sitting back and waiting or not taking action. Feminine energy has action in it, but it's this spiritual and creative action. And it's really some of the most powerful energy that you can tap into. It's magic. And we've been stepping into that a bit with the high priestess with the dark feminine. And now we're stepping into the divine feminine, which is the maiden archetype, the mother archetype, the creator archetype. We stepped into the high priestess with the crone and magic and the witch energy. And now we're stepping into that divine, that light. The high priestess is that real magnetism and magic. And now we're stepping into the creatrix. So some key words when the Empress card comes up and some key words to reflect on today about this energy is actually action. Action is one of the main key words of the Empress. It's just not in the way we typically think. It's not making things happen and taking steps forwards. It's all about this beginning state. So it's action in the way of the idea maker, the creating from nothing. When the empress comes up in a reading or when you're trying to tap into her energy, she is the inventor and the muse. She is the inventor and muse all in one. She creates ideas and she inspires them. And she is the earth that plants its own seeds and grows. And it's this ever going cycle. This is the empress energy. Some other keywords are development, sensual pleasure, abundance, compassion, creativity, nurturing, positivity, especially about a positive outlook on life, beauty, art, harmony with the natural world, luxury, indulgence, but this can also lead to greed or overindulgence. When you pull the Empress card, it is assured progress. If you're asking, is this the right way to go? Should I be doing this? If you're asking an action-based question, the Empress is such a nod forward. It's saying assured progress. This is a creation that is worth it. This is a path that is worth your time. She's asking you to get creative, to get into your energy. This is not the surrender card. I think a lot of people see feminine energy as surrender, but that's a different energy on its own because that's a lack of action. This instead, it's showing you what type of action you need to take. Ideas, clarity, creation, energy work, nurturing, and reconnection with yourself. It's really just about getting in tune with your energy and flow. She is earth. She is water. Those are the two feminine sides of the elements are earth and water. So it's about cultivating and growing, but also flowing with your own energy and not having to push. It's just pure alignment. And looking at the imagery, we can really see this. I use the imagery of the Rider Waite tarot. Other tarot decks may have similar imagery, but if you're looking at your card and you're like, I don't see these things, it's just because I'm using the traditional imagery and other decks may be just derivative of it and they might not include everything. It's up to the artist's choice and interpretation and they may have included different things into their interpretation of the card. But if you want to really connect with the imagery I'm talking about, just even Google, look up a picture of the Empress Rider Waite classic deck, R-I-D-E-R-W-A-I-T-E. 
and you'll see what I'm talking about. And that's what most decks are based off of, either this or like the Thoth Tarot, I think is how you say it. <laughs> but in the Rider Waite deck, we have the Empress, and she is wearing this crown that has 12 stars on it. And this is representing her rule over the cosmos with the stars, the earth, and time. We have the 12 months of the year with the earth, the 12 hours with time, and the 12 zodiacs that live within the cosmos. So it shows that she is connected to all of it. She's connected to this time. She's connected to the earth and she's connected to the divine. She's connected to everything and she can work with all of this to create. Then we have the scepter. It's her little staff she's holding and it's a symbol of power and ruling. It's literally right here that she's asking you not to dismiss or forget her power, even though it may look different than the high priestess with her dark, sexy, bold energy and the emperor with his fire and his power moving forwards. She's saying, I may look different, but I hold power that cannot be denied and cannot be overlooked. And I think so many people are overlooking it. They're saying we can't call this feminine power because that's sexist and it's a sexist view about how women sit back and wait and attract. It's like, no, she has this immense power to create, to connect to everything and to inspire and invent. There is nothing without the Empress energy. There's nothing for the Emperor to take action on. There's nothing for the dark feminine high priestess to create with, to wield without first the power of the empress. So she's asking as she holds her scepter here, do not overlook my power. Do not dismiss or forget how powerful my energy is. Then on the side, you'll see this little shield or something, and it has the sign of Venus. It's also the feminine sign. It's that little circle with the plus underneath it. And that's because the Empress is ruled by Venus. She is the planet and goddess of love, creation, art, and beauty. The Roman goddess, as well as the planet Venus itself. Venus is also seen as a weaker god. I think people will think back and say, oh, she's just a goddess of love or beauty. I think the question here is not, have women been given weak things to rule over, but rather if powerful feminine figures have been made to seem lesser by taking power away from the things that they rule. Love is so powerful. They say that, you know, love, gratitude, feeling these things are actually the highest vi vibration. They are. Practicing gratitude, which is a form of love, is the highest vibration you can be in. It changes your mindset. It changes your outlook on life. And that is so powerful. That is so much more powerful than assertiveness and anger. But it's not what the women rule over. It's not what female figures rule over that makes them seem weaker. It's what society has decided these things represent. Oh, she's just the goddess of love. That's frivolous. No, love is freaking powerful. And if you've been made to think a different way, that's just because it's women and feminine figures historically who have ruled over this thing. So the fact that the Empress is linked to Venus does not take away from her power because Venus is powerful as a goddess, as a planet. It holds so much for us to look at, looking at how we love, looking at how we give away love, 
looking how we allow ourselves to be loved can be so powerful towards our healing. But we allow ourselves to think it's lesser than working on growing a business or our career or making things happen or making money or buying this house or creating this certain life. We say, love, we don't need love. But you do. It's so powerful. Self-love is powerful. Allowing yourself to be held and loved is so powerful. But we've taken that power away from it. The next piece of imagery I want to talk about here is her pomegranate dress. It's like the high priestess background. It symbolizes fertility, abundance, and eternal life. It's once again linked to Aphrodite, but it's also linked to other feminine goddesses like Demeter, Athena, Persephone. It's once again showing the power of the empress saying, don't overlook her. She is what all these feminine historical figures, feminine goddesses are linked to. They all share this energy. Pomegranates also represent blood and death, representing the eternal life cycle or rebirth or creation, showing that these themes of eternal life, rebirth, and creation show up when the empress shows up in a reading or for yourself. Next, she's leaning on these red pillows or blankets. This represents her sexuality and sensuality, but also the power that embracing these traits can give you. That opening yourself up to these things is not shameful like we've been led to believe, but can actually hold so much power within yourself. Then we have the wheat and the water. The wheat usually comes up from the bottom, and then you can usually see a waterfall or a stream behind her. This is her sovereignty over water and earth, these two elements. And these two elements literally make up our world. When you draw a picture of the earth, you do green and blue. That's the water and the earth. It's the start of all creation. And what we need to sustain ourselves, we need food. We need water. They're what we're made up of. And you also have the trees in the background there as well to represent the earth. So when this card comes up, it also can be a card asking you to reconnect with nature. It's asking you to look at those two signs, those two elements, but it's also asking you to reconnect with nature or connect deeper with nature. Maybe you need some grounding. And then finally, she is the number three. She's the fourth card, but number three in the major arcana. She's the number three card because the fool is zero. And there's so much power in three. Good things come in three. You know, third time's the charm. It's also that mind-body-soul connection, the holy trinity, the birth, life, and death cycle. It also represents creativity, communication, and optimism. There's a divinity and a divine power in three, and it's no surprise that this was given to the empress, who has so much divinity and so much power within herself as well. So that's your little breakdown of the Empress. I really hope you do see the power in connecting with this energy. I think a lot of you listening, if you vibe with me, you probably will see the importance there because I am a very feminine-led business owner. I love working with feminine energy. I really preach about it and think it's so, so, so important to heal and tap into that part of yourself, especially in a world where there's so much hustle, there's so much go, 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 go. But if you're wondering, how can I start? I have some journal prompts to allow you to look at how the Empress energy shows up in you. Now, like always, we won't be looking at the next card until the new year, next month. It might be a little less time because this podcast is a little bit later than normal, but sit with these, take your time with them, and really 
reflect on what this energy means to you. So first, we have how would your life change if you stopped viewing pleasure as a luxury and instead recognized it as crucial for your healing? Number two, when I think of courage and leadership, I think of dot 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 and fill that in. How may you need to change this to awaken your personal and unique power? Number three, when in your life do you feel the most feminine? How can you work routines into your day-to-day life to feed this feminine energy? And finally, who makes you feel the most feminine? Why? How can you embody this person to awaken your femininity yourself? Plan these things into your day. And that's everything. That's all I have for you today for the Empress. I hope you find the power that lies within this card. I hope you take your time with it because when you really awaken this energy, it can be so life-changing. You become so much more magnetic. You become so much more powerful, assured within yourself, in flow with your energy and your emotions. It just feels good. It allows life to start really just feeling right. The Empress is such a beautiful card to pull in a reading. It's such a positive card. It's such a powerful card. And it's just the card of creation, knowing that you are in charge of creating whatever it is that you want. All right, I will see you next time for the Emperor, and I'll see you next week for a whole new thing that we're chatting about. I think I'm going to chat about the zodiac signs through the moon so that you can start aligning yourself with the moon day to day because that has really changed my life. So if that interests you, make sure you check in next week, but I will talk with you soon. Please rate the podcast five stars if you haven't yet, or share this episode with someone that you think needs to tap in to their feminine energy or just get a better understanding of it. And without further ado, I'll let you off on your day. Have an amazing day wherever you are and whenever it is. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.